Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And with me tonight, 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 cue for a song, is Ali Green sitting in front of me with her new headphones looking resplendent all the way from America. I'm thinking, Ali, is that right? Thank you. I, I am American. You got that accent right, but I'm currently in Europe. Uh, so it's wow. night for me too, but you don't want me to sing. No, I've heard heard the rumors. So whereabouts in the world are you then? <laughs> uh, I'm currently in France. Um, I'm what you call a digital nomad. So I've been traveling full time since... Oof, like maybe 2017. And before then I would I would stay for longer periods of time in the US. And then finally the the internal travel desires took over. And after a few years of not traveling, uh, I'm now back in action. So so I mean, so how does that work then? So you, you so you obviously work as a sort of freelance or a, um tell me how that works. Yeah, so I've had many different phases of this lifestyle. Um, I started working remotely um, back in 2014. A lot of people didn't necessarily know the term back then, but I had been living in New York City, which is for an American who went to business school and wanted to climb that corporate ladder, a dream come true, except for me, it was not. And after a year there, I felt like I, I achieved it, I did it, and I had to leave. Uh, and so um, I, I left New York to travel and in that experience learned how to keep in touch with the company that I that I had previously been working for. And I learned the ropes of HR consulting. But then I also had a phase where I was working full time as the, the director of people for a company that had employees all over the world. And they... Mm frankly, didn't care where I was. And and so I was like, well, great, because I've always wanted to, to travel and, and to have these different experiences in my life. I, I felt after many years post-university, very lost in my life because I kept moving to certain towns in the United mm -hmm. States. And I tried really hard to build a community and put down roots and it felt very unnatural for me. And I was doing this thing that everyone in society tells you, which is you graduate from university and you move somewhere and that becomes your home. But nowhere felt like home to me. Right, and, it, and it really was challenging. 
especially when you're trying to be considered a professional. And then I found this amazing job where I was not only able to be part of a leadership team, but they didn't care where I was. And so I started traveling the world every month to a different country. And even after that job had ended, the travel continued. And now I own my own consulting business and I freelance. And and so I've lived this lifestyle of traveling the world while being an employee, a freelancer, a consultant, and a writer. Fantastic. So where do you think that travel bug comes from? So the the inner like a psychologist in me has narrowed it down to a few early childhood uh, moments in my life. But I do think people naturally have this tendency to be nomadic or not. If you look back to how civilization has evolved, Mm. there have been nomadic tribes in life. So I don't know if that's where like the blood of my ancestors come from. But at a very young age, I got used to change as the norm. Um, I went to four different schools from grade four to grade eight. Um, And so in four years, four different schools for someone going through their like prime development years teaches you a thing or two about how to quickly adopt to your surroundings and also get this um, maybe like adrenaline rush from being the the new person and then having these new surroundings and trying to learn about myself in each situation that I faced and know that if it wasn't the perfect situation, I did have it in my control to change it. So whether it was um, a crutch or a really amazing way to look at the world early on is yet to be seen. I think it's probably a little bit of both, but it definitely sparked this if you don't like it, you can change it and nothing is ever going to be constant. So you might as well lean into that change. I mean, that's really interesting, isn't it? That's someone actually doing more than, you know, really walking the talk in a sense, because lots of people talk about that. So um, do you find that the you you tend to have really good, deep relationships? Or do you find that you have many, 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 many superficial relationships because by the fact of move, constantly moving down, you don't have a sort of traditional perhaps relationship construct? Yeah, I think that's a, a really great question. And a, a frequent question I get from people, I think in this digital age, it's very easy to connect with people if you want to, but you have to be very intentional about it. And for me, I've always been quite terrible at superficial uh, relationships. And I've had this desire and this this crave for like getting really deep with people fast, like having conversations that mattered, um, not talking about while I, while I can, like my favorite TV shows, talking about what are the values of your life? What is the definition of friendship? Um, yeah. Things like that have always been very inspiring to me. And I think it's true what they say that you can find your tribe. Sometimes it just takes longer or it's a more challenging route. And what I have found in this digital nomad community is that oftentimes I'm traveling with people and they're the same people I'm sharing accommodation with and we're working together, um, not at not for the same company, but we're helping keep each other motivated. We're sharing our professional struggles. And so we get close very fast and we're able to have these deep conversations for a week or two, move on to our next location, but know that next time our paths cross in person, the friendship goes beyond that. Yeah. So it's interesting because it can be lonely at times because you're not physically always around your friends, but also amazing because you have these people 
from all different walks of life that that you have been able to connect with in the past. That's interesting, isn't it? Sort of, it sort of reminds me a little bit of the the sixties flower power sort of hip, um, hip, hippie sort of movement, you know, which is very similar, but obviously without the digital aspects and this idea though, you know, the nomadic sort of area and people having very transitory relationships, but you know, you actually form very deep relationships that stop and then you bump into them again three weeks later or a month later or five years later. And it's like, and it's like it's yesterday again. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've had long-term relationships come out of this lifestyle as well. I've met my business partner, while traveling. Um, her and I are both Americans, but we met in Cape Town um, nice. through mutual co-workers that knew each other. And I also met my romantic partner while traveling, um, and he's of a different nationality than I am. And that's had a whole separate set of layers and challenges of yeah. culture mixing and just getting to know each other while traveling together and navigating that. Um, both of us own our own businesses and then collaborating, like never working together, but helping keep each other motivated. And so it's been really cool to blur the lines between all of these things like work, life, friendship, love, um, and just redefine what it can mean for you. Do you, I mean, do you see a point in your life where you might need to settle down because of the logistics or because you might be ready to, or be because you fancy that sort of change? Um, yes and no. I think it'll redefine throughout time. So, you know, the past two years travel was very difficult and sure. I did have a, a base that I spent a significant amount of time in because of lockdowns and, and things like that. And, and there was a lot of fear and trauma that people were going through during that time. And I'm very privileged in a lot of ways, but not being able to travel for those two years really made me question my identity in a lot of ways because I, I so strongly held on to this. I am a digital nomad. I travel and I'm free and I'm adventurous and then I couldn't. Yes. Um, so I, it led to a lot of personal questioning uh, and that I now know that I can settle down and create adventures in one location, in one place if I have to. But I do think that that travel and seeking out opportunities to put myself in foreign situations will always be a part of my life. It just might be less frequent, or I might have to move slower, or I might have to revisit the same places instead of going to new places. Yes. Um, who knows? So, we, so what's been the most um, sort of challenging environment you've had to operate from as a nomad? For me, the most challenging place was spending time in Asia. Um Personally, I was going through a lot of complications in my life when I was spending time there. And I was um, very far away from my digital like social circle. And so we yeah. talk about, you know, not having friends or deep connections. Um, I think having a support system when you're traveling is really important. And if you're relying on a digital support system and you're in yeah. a time zone where it's not yeah. convenient to like call your mom or like call your best friend, um, it can feel more isolating than than it seems, um, especially when you're in this beautiful location and people don't realize the 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 darkness behind beautiful Instagram pictures and things like that. This glamorous lifestyle of travel, and then it's like, well, actually, I had a bad day and I can't call anyone because it's two a.m. for them. Yeah, um, was was really interesting to have to go through, and I think that built a lot of um, 
like self-reliance on my part. It was also the most challenging for, for work. Um, so yeah. even though I've worked remotely for the bulk of my career to work in a time zone that was quite different than the rest of my team, especially as a manager where I wanted to be there for them and be available for them, yeah. but I couldn't um, to protect my own mental and physical health. What was a really interesting lesson in putting down real boundaries for the, the first time. Yes, that's interesting because of course I'm guessing you're funding this by working. So you're gonna, you must, there must be periods where you look at the Instagram fit pictures and think, when do I get to experience that? Because I'm too busy managing a project. Is, is that true? Yeah. Um, and, it, uh, you know, it, it's weird. Like, you don't want to sound like, oh, woe is me, because this is a lifestyle that I've definitely chose. I think I thrive in this lifestyle. It aligns to my value set. But there are times where I just wish that people would understand that actually I'm not on a permanent vacation I don't have wealth that that I'm relying on to live this life. I yeah. I'm working. I care about my career. I'm excited by it. I love to be intellectually stimulated. So I want to work hard. I don't want to do the bare minimum of my job requirements. Um, and for me, that has meant sacrifice sometimes. Of you know, oh, everyone's out having a nice dinner in this location where I've just met all these new people and they've invited me, but I'm saying no, because I have work obligations to fulfill. And I need to do that because that's why I'm in a way that's why I'm able to be here. And so finding that balance, dealing with um, kind of millennial things like interning FOMO, fear of missing out to JOMO, jo joy of missing out. Um, they're all things that have taught me how to like slow down which I think is an important lesson that I had to learn is like, you don't have to do everything all at once. Um, you can, you can take one experience and be very grateful for it. Yes. So of all the experiences so far, what are your, what are your top three experiences? Would you say? Ooh, um, the adrenaline seeker in me is going to say skydiving um, in Brazil. Like, okay. Absolutely gorgeous scenery. Uh, I'm scared of heights, so I don't know why I wanted to go skydiving. Wow. Um, I've never felt anything close to that when I finally got back on the ground. Like, I couldn't stop smiling for hours. Yeah. Um, I think pushing through that fear yeah. and doing an activity like that just really taught me. Like, mm. yeah, achievement, courage, just like wild fun, um, <laughs> which I didn't think that I had it in me. Um and just in such a beautiful place in the world, like yeah. it, that hands down from like a, from a fun aspect, couldn't, couldn't be better from, um, I would say, a professional achievement standpoint, I organized a trip for a few coworkers early on in my remote working career for all of us to go and spend a week working together in Japan because we had one coworker who lived there mm -hmm. and everybody else worked in Europe or South America or North America. And so this was the person that was yes. the most removed from the company culture. And as someone who worked in HR, I really wanted to experience what life was like for this employee yes. and to bring together a group of people that didn't know each other and have this experience working together in Japan, like having to work late nights together, having empathy for this other employee um, was really eye-opening. And 
how quickly you can form a bond with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't need to see that person again in person to have that bond deepen even more. And that was yeah. truly like incredible to do that in a work context um, because companies these days, I think, are really getting innovative and blurring those lines for people and really allowing yourself to bring your authentic personality to work and nothing's more authentic than sharing an Airbnb with your coworkers and all struggling to stay up for a late night meeting and like working in your pajamas together. Like people would be like, that doesn't sound professional at all. And for us, it was just such an incredible experience. And then personally, like hands down, just like, you know, meeting, meeting my, my family with quotes, like my, my close friends, my, my partner, my business partner, all through my travels and each place where I met them now holds such special memories to me. Um, yeah. It's, it's just been amazing to like, every time I look at a map, I'm like, Oh, I have such great memories in Spain mm-hmm. or in Africa. And it just makes me really happy that I've been able to see the world in this way, instead of just traveling on vacation. Yeah. And I'm guessing you've had more than your fair share of adversity. So you must've developed a bit of a resilient mindset perhaps to dealing with sort of complexities of life and travel so how have you found that yeah I think for me I've learned um like it's really a fine balance of purposefully choosing to live a lifestyle where you're an expat um I think that people again it's easy to to focus on why would you put yourself in a position where you're choosing a something that's going to make your life harder. Like usually I, I think there's a viewpoint that resilient people have things happen to them instead of they choose for it to happen. That's right. And what I, what I've learned is that you can make a choice knowing it's going to be hard for you and still have to deal with those challenges, but those challenges make you stronger. And so things like having to move to a new country and me purposefully moving every couple months, not speaking the language, learning how, how to navigate like where do I get my groceries it seems so like mundane but but there are things that can cause a lot of stress moving is a stressful situation um how fast I judge myself when I make mistakes um I remember I I went on a day trip once and I I'm American so we use you know like 7 a.m 7 p.m we don't use military time and I was buying train tickets and I messed up because the tickets were in military time. And so I bought the ticket to the location at 7 a.m. It was a two hour train. I bought the return ticket for like 8 a.m., which is not even possible because I wouldn't have been yeah. there. And then I get to the counter. I don't speak the language. I made a mistake. I don't know how to communicate my mistake. I'm stressed out. I need to learn how to navigate like and kind of control my emotions. And I just end up crying at this train station because I'm in a foreign country, I'm all by myself and I don't know how I'm gonna fix this. And I learned that in that situation, there's a lot of power in just feeling your feelings sometimes, but there's also a lot of power in like feeling your feelings quickly and having that problem solving mindset. And that's something I've learned about resiliency is that both should be allowed and both need to happen. It's okay to have all of the wide range of human emotions, process them, and then do the things you need to do to to make your situation and your reality better. 
and ask for help. And, yeah, and ask for help if if you can. And and yeah. I think even just like facial expressions and and kindness and vibes like really go a long way. I've had such kind experiences with people helping me mm. in places where I couldn't communicate with them, and I'm so grateful for humanity in that way. Um, Cause you hear a lot of horror stories when traveling. Yeah. Um, and I've had a few, like I've been pickpocketed. Sure. Um, but I've also had like really amazing people stop their day to help me. And mm. those memories will live on forever as well. Yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. So you are the person who needs to write a book on remote working, which is just as well, because <laughs> apparently you've done that. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So um, the book came out of the early days of the pandemic. A good friend of mine who worked for an all remote company um, different than mine, her and I were catching up on a Zoom call and we were sharing about how amazing our life was because of remote work, despite all of these challenges that we've been through and how if people just worked from home and they didn't have the full freedom and flexibility to lean into what remote work could mean for them. For me, it was traveling for other people, taking care of their children or their parents or other caregiver responsibilities, or even people finding amazing jobs and not having to leave the country that they were born. There's so many benefits at a worldwide scale of remote work. And our biggest fear was that if people weren't good at remote work, nobody would get these benefits. And so, so we sat down and decided, why don't we help people with everything that we've learned over our years of remote working to help teams be more effective, more efficient, and just better at the skill set that's going to be needed in the workplace of the future so that they can choose the benefits that fit their lifestyle. And so it took two years to do. And finally, the book was released on February 7th, 2023. And it's a really interactive book to help coach people through right. how they can make remote work for them and their teams instead of being prescriptive, knowing that there's so many versions of this to lean into in the future. So who's going to benefit most from reading a book like this? Yeah, um, the the people that will benefit most is, I would say what we call the everyday manager. So this is someone who could be just managing projects um, or somebody who's managing a team of people, but they really have the the power and capability in their organization to make day-to-day decisions. So things like how long you're sitting on Zoom meetings every day and feeling Mm -hmm. that that burnout and fatigue of talking to people versus learning things like an asynchronous skill set and giving people the freedom to communicate whenever it fits their energy level or their time zone and things of that nature. Um, So if you're in any position where you have day-to-day authority around how projects are being run, how teams are communicating with each other, how knowledge is being shared, then this is the book for you. Fantastic. And where can we get hold of it? Uh, of course, Amazon worldwide. Um, here in here in Europe, it's taking a little bit longer to get um, than elsewhere. But I think in the UK and the US, um, within a day or two, it can be delivered to your door. And of course, if, if you want to support a small business, um, go into your local bookstore and just ask for Remote Works Managing for Freedom, Flexibility, and Focus. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's sitting in um, Amazon.co.uk. No, it's a different one. They've got so many books called Remote Work. I was just having a quick look when we were chatting, but I can't see. Yeah. Ours has a a very fun cover with a a lot of uh, little kind of cartoon figures to to really show that work can be fun. It doesn't have to be sitting in the cubicle all all day. So when you see that one, you know it's the one for you. Brilliant. Well, I love it. So what a great concept. And uh, I shall be going off to head off and buy one myself because I think it's... uh, 
I can't see how we're going to do less of this in the future. So I think the more we're sort of enabled and ready to to really embrace it wholeheartedly, I think is the key, isn't it? It's the, it's the future. Yeah, I, I would say it's the now, but it's also the future. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember Tim Ferriss jabbering on about it all those years ago when he were, you know, who he came up with that. He didn't come up with the concept, but he, you know, he, he came up with the modern concept of it. And um, I sort of embraced it there, there and then and thought, you know, this is a great idea. And the idea of the digital nomad, I suppose with your generation, it's much more um, comfortable because of the familiarity with the toolkit, you know, the sort of online world. It seems more natural, perhaps. Yeah, I will say it's been interesting to live this lifestyle as I've evolved in my personal life and and my professional life. I've seen digital nomads um, multi-generational at this point, people traveling with their kids. Um, I I was in a a co-living, so a group of people sharing housing together. And I think the youngest person was a toddler and the oldest person was nearing 80. Um, And it's just like, one of the other things I love about this is it really redefines mentorship. You can learn from people of all ages um, and all backgrounds. And I think there's nothing like travel to teach you things about yourself, but also of course, things about the world. And you are sort of joining and leaving and rejoining different tribes, which is the whole point of being nomadic. So you're getting the digital nomadacy and also the, um, the physical stuff as well. It's been a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really enjoyed it. So just remind us one more time, what's the name of the book and how do we find out more about it? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The book is Remote Works, Managing for Freedom, Flexibility and Focus. And my name is Allie Green. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and grab the copy of the book on Amazon. Look at that, you see. Brilliant. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Ali. All the very best in the future. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcasts for show notes or follow the links and you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers tools and resources including free articles and ebooks for those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively you can find our new patreon page at patreon.com then search for resilience unraveled i look forward to being in your ear next time around take care